What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, a new film studio breaks ground in South Shore. Chicago receives millions to address houselessness crisis. And what do robots, jerk chicken, and Pop-Tarts have in common? Stay tuned to find out with the Tribe's Tony Hill and Block Club Chicago's Maxwell Evans. It's Friday, February 10th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. Welcome back to CityCast, y'all. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yep, excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Before we jump into looking back on some stories that got our attention this week, uh, I want to start with a theme of the month and not Black History Month, but rather (laughs) Valentine's Day, right? Romance is in the air. But I want to know what's something you're doing in Chicago to practice self-love? Max, I want to start with you. How are you uh, leaning into yourself, making sure that you're taking care of this Valentine's Day season? I mean, this winter has made it really easy since it's been so mild, like 30, 40 degrees. Uh, I get outside as much as I can. I go for walks. I've even been biking when there's not snow or ice on the ground. So really soaking in the uh, as good a weather as you could ask for for February, getting as much sun as you could ask for in February is a I guess that part's a little harder, but like the good weather, the good uh, temperatures, soaking those up and and really appreciating that it's not a a negative 15 with a wind chill every day has been crucial for me. So loving on myself through the sun, through the good weather. Hey, if if any person in the media talk about a polar vortex coming out of nowhere, I'm a fan (laughs) you. I'm a fan (laughs) you. It's going to be hell to pay. Tonya, what's something you're doing uh, this Valentine's Day season to to practice your self-love? I kind of, maybe I need to work on that. Uh, (laughs) Maybe I need to do a little more. Uh, But I think like just thinking, you know, what I wanted to do for Valentine's Day for myself is just to make myself a nice meal, you know. But I think something else that's like sticking out to me that I'm doing a little differently this year is being a little more social. When I see something that's interesting, you know, like an art show or whatever, you know, I'm finding somebody to go with me and check things out. Hey, y'all are two of the hardest working journalists in our city. And so whatever you can do to take care of yourself, whether it's cycling, whether it's getting out there, making yourself a meal or just enjoying some of the social things Chicago has to offer, even as you know, we're in the in the dead of, of February. Um, I think that's going to serve both of y'all.
let's jump into looking back on some of the stories from the week uh, that was on our minds. Antonia, I want to start with you. You published a huge a huge piece this week for the tribe after over a month's uh, worth of work looking into the progressive record of one of the front runners in our mayoral race, uh, Jesus Chuy Garcia. Uh, what did you find during your research and what was the question you were trying to answer? So I've seen a lot of um, people kind of question Congressman Garcia's like current progressive record and just looking at the race itself, you know, people are using this term progressive very loosely and just how does he currently fit into that movement and also looking at his past, you know, um, even when he ran in 2015, he invokes the name of Harold Washington a lot. He also, you know, announced his current run on the 40th anniversary of Harold Washington's announcement to run for mayor for the first time. I'm 32. I was not around during the, the you know, during the, the election of Harold Washington. So like when someone says I'm a progressive, I have these links to these people. I feel like it's on us to kind of like just verify it. So that's kind of what I learned. Like there is no questioning. I feel like his background in progressivism. But I, I think the other thing that I was trying to bring out is just like, what does that look like today? You know, some of the organizers I talked with, even just looking at some of the moves that these big labor unions are making, how Brandon Johnson is their candidate. And that struck me as interesting because when Kirksman Garcia ran in 2015, you know, he was the Chicago Teachers Union candidate. And this time around, they're supporting Brandon Johnson. So it's just like, hmm. When you look through the legislation or the policies Garcia has supported as he's moved from a Cook County commissioner to a, you know, a congressperson, what did that record align with? Did, did he seem to support progressive policies, even radical policies at the federal level? I think that's fair to say to an extent, but just looking at his like looking at him right now as a mayoral candidate and even in 2015, like this, he had a police platform then, you know, calling for more police officers. So I think that's the part that's like in contradiction to that. And also his support as um, House Speaker, former House Speaker Michael Madigan, like, you know, he's obviously like trying to distance himself from that. But um, looking at that and also just endorsing Mayor Lori Lightfoot, you know, and at the time she was also calling herself a progressive, but she was the former police board, you know, over the police board. And some of the organizers, you know, from then talked a lot about how they were treated when she, when they were, you know, trying to advocate and get justice for Rakia Boyd and, and countless other victims of police violence. Yeah. There have been a number of polls, a number of quizzes that have come out of, you know, how do you align with your mayoral candidate? And there was one from, from BEZ recently, which, you know, I, you know, I took, problem with some of the questions, the way they were phrased. I didn't think they were all, you know, uh, that dynamic or got to the root of the question. But one of the things you see time and time again is that, you know, the candidate uh, Garcia, you know, seems to move very similar to the incumbent Mayor Lori Lightfoot when a lot of the answers were other, right? There, there wasn't a strong yes or no on some of these issues that could be considered, you know, uh, very important to the progressive movement in our city. So whether it was about, you know, how much independence should CPS have from the mayor's office? There was other. Would you support reopening mental health facilities? There was other. You know, how do you feel about the 
soon to be up moratorium on school closures. There was other. Right. So some of these progressive platforms that you would imagine a candidate, some of the the candidates who say they are more progressive, the Buckners and the Johnsons, they're taking stronger yes or no stances on here. And so. Again, I've wondered the entire time, would you have to mention Harold Washington's name so much if your current politics were sort of stood on their own progressive uh, foot? Um, But again, to to many of his constituents and even some people in your article, they would say, well, if you compare him to other Chicago Latino politicians over the last 40 years, it'd be hard to say that Garcia isn't one of the most progressive there. So I, so I do understand, you know, how, uh, you know, people questioning um, his progressive record, but also people standing up for it. Yeah, I agree with that. Max, I want to come over to your top story. You know, when we talk about development here at CityCast Chicago, we make it a point to really focus on how it impacts residents, how it impacts communities. But not development is not one size fits all. South Shore uh, has been working towards this uh, state-of-the-art film studio that has people excited across the city. Can you fill us in on some of the details behind this project? Yeah, so this is the Regal Miles Studios development near 79th Stony and South Chicago. Um, it's a bunch of vacant land right now. There's really nothing going on. It's all fenced off, uh, weeded. So to draw a $100 million, I believe almost 400,000 square foot movie studio with sound stages and, and all sorts of programming to, to vacant land is, is really getting neighbors excited um, and and you mentioned how uh, with big developments like this, the impact on the community is really uh, crucial to look into. And surprisingly, for, from my perspective, a lot of neighbors have been excited about this. Like uh, uh, usually you'll hear uh, who's going to be displaced by, by this project or, or who's going to get kicked out of the neighborhood. How is this going to impact our quality of life in a negative way? Like some concerns about that. But I've really just heard joy and excitement about having a movie studio come to a, a community that I, I'm. It's kind of bubbling up with with media and and creative talent to begin with. So to have South Shore be the site of a, a, a film studio for for productions, major productions, is really getting people excited. Mm-hmm. Is this a project that neighbors feel confident will be seen through the groundbreaking we had earlier this week to sort of the final opening and the employment of people in the neighborhood and and projects starting to, to pop up? Now, I have heard a little hesitation just because um, when these plans were announced a couple years ago, they were saying that this would open by like now or uh, late 2022 to early 2023 was their opening date. Uh, that they had planned. And now that's been pushed back to fall 2024. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot had said this is almost entirely privately funded. Um, The developers have touted names like Chance the Rapper, Common, and and possibly down the line, Derek Rose as being investors in this project. So it's a lot of big names, a lot of big money behind this. Um, And outside of Opportunity Zone funding, which could be put towards the projects, given its, its location in a disinvested community, uh, it's not really a whole lot of public funding or or public input on this project. So I think the idea that this is largely privately uh, uh, funded and backed is giving some hope that like uh, it's not going to get caught up in red tape at, at the level of something that's really relying on public subsidies to be to become reality. 
Mm-hmm. And for people not familiar, the Opportunity Zone is like a federal program that gives means developers will get tax breaks uh, for being there. And, and then one thing I wanted to clarify earlier this week, we talked about aldermanic races. And when I was talking about the Fifth Ward, I was mentioning this as a project that the future alder person uh, is going to have to be concerned with. But it is uh, important to note that where this will fall has been redrawn into the Eighth Ward with Alderman mm-hmm. uh, Michelle Harris, who was there well, earlier this alder. week. Right. And so while this uh, is in South Shore, the way the wards break down mean that both the fifth and the eighth ward will, will have some huge stake in this. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Moving on to some stories that we want to make sure don't uh, get by people, some stories that deserve a little bit more attention. Um, Max, I want to start with you, right? We have seen between South Shore, High Park, that the the winter has not been kind to some of the residents, people dealing with power outages, people dealing with their heat going out. Uh, But for one... uh, For one apartment building on South Shore, that has continued well into February. Can you catch us up on this story? Yeah, so this was a group of South South Shore residents who live on Paxton Avenue, actually just two blocks north of where I lived for a couple years. Uh, So I pass this building frequently. I've met a couple people just saying hi, uh, stopping by. And uh, as of December 31st, they, they no longer had heat or hot water in their units. Um, the, the hot water was uh, uh, turned back on right after that, but uh, uh, because the apartments were unheated, uh, it was obviously freezing cold in there. And so uh, some were relocated into hotel rooms uh, towards the end of last month and had stayed there. Um, a, a, at least one person I talked to had stayed there through this week. Uh, and nobody really wants to stay there if they can't trust that the heat's going to stay on. They can't trust that the hot water is, is good, good to good to function through the rest of the uh, uh, the winter. So uh, they've been calling on Catalyst Realty, who manages the building, to uh, help them with that, to give uh, assistance towards moving, to help them find different apartments, whether Catalyst or otherwise. 
Um, and that hasn't, uh, it, it's kind of hard to know exactly what Catalyst has been doing because for our story, we didn't hear back from the company. But um, yeah, really trying to organize in order to ensure this lack of heat, this lack of hot water doesn't just leave them with absolutely nowhere to go and no functioning utilities back at their their homes. So um, I did visit this earlier this week and the heat was back on in at least one unit. Um, so it seems like things have been slowly improving, but uh, with, with a tenant that I spoke with, he's not interested in coming back. He's still looking for a new place to, to live permanently, but uh, Catalyst stopped paying for his hotel room as of Monday, he said. So uh, uh, this is still an ongoing thing as of this week, even though December 31st was when the problems really started happening. Yeah. Uh, Catalyst Realty, the property management company, as you said, were paying for people's hotels, was addressing the problem with the boiler. Throughout this month, have they provided any updates on, you know, how they plan to offer, you know, restitution to the people in the building? Not to us, not to, to Block Club. We haven't gotten a response as to what their role is so far. Um, I haven't really heard from tenants uh, on that front either. So it's it's kind of a mystery at this point. Um, like I said, the, the tenant that I spoke with on Monday, uh, he did get a hotel uh, for about a week or, week or so, he said, but that, that dried up on Monday. And then he had to, he's going to be depending on people that he knows to, to crash on their couches or crash wherever he can uh, for as long as it takes to find a new apartment to, to live in permanently. Tony, I want to bring you in here. What was a story that uh, has recently took place that you want to make sure people didn't forget uh, or look past? Yeah, I feel like it kind of mirrors Maxwell's, just the the hood secretary, Marsha Fudge, coming here and kind of announcing this uh, $60 million um, in a grant to the city of Chicago for homelessness. And um, just thinking about it being wintertime, um, there are a lot of unhoused people that are on the street. So I believe Chicago received like the biggest amount of the money, um, so to speak. But I just I'm really curious. I brought it up because I'm really curious about if Mayor Lightfoot is going to institute this, you know, during like when will this be instituted, basically? I'm interested to see how this money will be spent as well, how it will go in. Uh, collaboration with the the money uh, Lightfoot's budget has already set aside. Um, Fudge has been the the director of the Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development going on two years now. Uh, and as we talk about issues, you know, how do we continue to protect people who are living in encampments around the city? Uh, it, it feels like we don't spend enough time just offering humanity to the people mm -hmm. who are experiencing houselessness. So many Americans, Chicagoans, are one tragedy, one missed bill, one, you know, you know, unfortunate situation of being laid off from being close to a situation of wondering uh, how they're going to pay their rent, how they're going to pay their mortgage, how are they going to remain housed themselves. And so beyond just seeing, you know, increased investment, I think we have to continue to like humanize this conversation. And remember that the category of houselessness is not just people who are living out on the streets, right? If you are mm -hmm. crowd surf or if you are couch surfing, yeah. right, from friend to friend to friend, you're living in houselessness, right? And so we need to continue to complicate and humanize this conversation. And, and maybe that will allow us to be just be more accountable to how this money is spent and how we're addressing this these issues. Yeah, I agree with that. I think when I was reporting on that, some of the um the organizers with Lynn Chicago Home were mentioning that very fact and like looking at 
not only connecting people with housing, but having them be able to keep it and like what types of services they need, whether that's mental health services or substance abuse, you know, things like that. Yeah, I really appreciate the uh, uh, the idea of humanizing these stories. And and I uh, I do want to shout out my coworker Ariel's uh, story about the uh, uh, people who experience homelessness that are, are based out of O'Hare. Um, and she kind of told these stories uh, of like what draws somebody to to need to stay in O'Hare for warmth or, or uh, uh, what, what what kind of puts people in positions where they're, they're looking to flee the city. Like I know one person in her story had mentioned, as soon as I can get out of Chicago, it doesn't really matter where 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 I end up. Like I'm going to go somewhere where it's warm and and really try and get out of Chicago. So I think really putting faces and words and ideas behind these stories and not just saying here's X amount of money. Here's a plan five years in the future and and like really finding out what do people need in this moment is really crucial on this issue. Every episode of City Cash Chicago ends with some good news. <laughs> Okay, hold on. No, okay. I feel like I cut you off a little bit there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, now the voice is going to crack. You hit it at the right time. It was going (laughs) to. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we're giving people some positive stories, some moments of joy. Uh, Tonia, what's a piece of good news you want to share with the CityCast family? Sure. So my birthday was yesterday. Come on. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Thank Come you. On. I appreciate the serenade. You got it. You got it. <laughs> yes, I've just been celebrating my birthday since a week. Probably might do a little more, you know. Gotta gotta have a whole month full of things to do. But yeah, I'm just really grateful to be a year older. Yeah. So y- your birthday was Wednesday. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't mind me sharing, you turned how old? 30, 32. 32. Yeah. What's something that you are really, you know, just sort of looking forward to expressing or exploring, uh, you know, this revolution around the sun? I would really like to get more into personal style, like clothing. <laughs> okay. So I feel like uh, being outside a little more has has me kind of like, okay, maybe I need to like actually put a little more thought. <laughs> into what I'm wearing, you know, being indoors these last, you know, two, almost three years, just really don't think a lot about clothes, to be honest. But uh, being outside, yeah, being outside has, has made me want to do that. I love that for you. Again, I, I'm so proud of you. You know, people don't know we go back to college. Um, and so yes. it has been really cool to follow your journey uh, over the years. Um, as you come into your own as, you know, as a writer, a journalist and, you know, just just as Tonya. And so uh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for what uh, this year on, on this this crazy, crazy blue rock, what it brings for <laughs> you, my friend. Thank uh, you. Max, I want to bring you in here. What's a piece of, uh, of good news you want CityCast listeners to remember this week? Um, so I was covering one of the odder stories I've done so far this year about it involves robots. It involves jerk, which I know Chicago is going to love. It involves pop tarts. It involves Hyde Park <laughs> institutions that close down and might come back. It's like it's a whole mess of things. So uh, ooh, it is is going to open next month 
in the former uh, Mellow Yellow on 53rd Street. What? Uh, Mellow Yellow was a, a Hyde Park institution. It closed down last year, but uh, this soul food restaurant that's got a few locations uh, in Chicagoland is now coming uh, to that spot. And uh, I saw some social media chatter about the possibility of jerk chicken Pop-Tarts. And people were like, wait a second, is that is that jerk chicken and Pop-Tarts on the menu or is that one thing? <laughs> and I uh, found out yesterday in talking to the owner, Mark Walker, it's jerk chicken Pop-Tarts. Uh, so <laughs> you How? Can oh. yellow tea. I don't I don't know what the difference between that and Patty's is like. I feel like that's got to there might I think be it's some a play. It might not be as weird as it sounds, but if it's like jerk chicken and they just stuff it into like a pop tart crust and like i don't i don't know i gotta find out i gotta taste I, it i gotta <laughs> try it um for people who may not be familiar with ooh it is it is the chatham restaurant that always had a line wrapping yes. around the block last time we did our best of the south side it was one of those restaurants and honestly it's just quintessentially not only black chicago but it goes with that modern cooking move we see online because you're gonna see your hennessy wings yeah and get some some <laughs> oxtail um and i've been you know i've been peeking in i live about three blocks from the new location over here in high park and you know i can't say no shade because it's some but you know i wasn't a huge fan of mellow yellow you could be an institution yeah. just because you've been here a long time don't mean i does not like it right y'all right down the street yeah. from Valois, which you know <laughs> institution a lot, like that same thing i heard from longtime hyde parkers it was like yeah we can't even defend mellow yellow at this point like we <laughs> loved it. It, it had a great run but like it's 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 going downhill is what i heard all the time around the time that it closed so uh but mellow yellow is actually uh um, mark walker who runs who we it is now owns the mellow yellow name so he's oh, planning on wow. opening that um in uh auburn gresham later on this year as a, a breakfast only spot in a food hall so uh the name survives but i feel like it's it might have a different menu might have a different flair to it uh and it won't be in hyde park anymore but but mellow yellow still exists technically hey wherever they end up they gonna have some don julio wings i imagine I, this <laughs> some is the first for me some don julio wings i'm <laughs> like hennessy me hennessy is one thing but don julio <laughs> that's weird uh, i don't know about that <laughs> they're gonna start doing reservations only starting on march 3rd um i can't let you go though you said robots what's the robots yeah. The robot <laughs> server, so you can order your jerk chicken pop tart and ask a robot to bring it out to you, or something like that. Because uh, there are going to be two uh, robot server assistants. They'll kind of help out. There will still be human servers. The the robots will kind of be on hand to to help out where they can. Uh, bring dishes back when people are done. Bring dishes out when the food is ready. That kind of thing. I'd love to see what they look like if they try and make them <laughs> look human and creepy and everything like that. That's what I'd advocate for. Just make it as go all in on the weird. Make them look like little people or something. Uh -huh. So much flair all in one building. I'm interested yeah. to see uh, how they pull it off. But, you know, I'm going to be in there. I've, I've frequented every new restaurant that has come to this neighborhood over the last five or six years. Um, my some good news. Come on, Max. Ooh. I see you adding a little heard level. Him. I, I, heard that I never even knew that was there. I never even knew that was there. Going along with what uh, Tony has said, one of the things I promised myself towards the end of last year is that I, too, was going to be more social. I was going to get out. I was going to do more things. And I've been slowly keeping my promise, particularly when it comes to seeing new plays around the city. Just this week, I got to see two brand new plays. Uh, so I'm going to give a shout out to the Timeline Theater's Boulevard of Bold Dreams. Uh, 
It's this small play, only stars three actors, and it's about the night Hattie McDaniel became the first black person to win an Oscar. And it's her at the bar prior to going to the award ceremony where she was forced to sit in the back corner away from her castmates. And when she won, had to read a speech that was written for her. Uh, And so this really explores that dynamic of what does it mean to be uh, not only one of the first black people to do something, but also to kind of hold that up against, you know, maybe parts of her community. It was like. Ma'am, you up there shucking and jiving on screen for these white folks and and what that sort of complicated history meant uh, for Hattie. Uh, But then I also wanted to give a shout out to the Goodman Theater where I went to see Tony Stone, which is this, oh, just beautifully energetic play about the first black woman to play in the baseball Negro Leagues. I had never heard the name Tony Stone in my entire life or of the other two women uh, who broke this this huge barrier. Um, and I'm going to be real. It's only February. But even if I think back to last year, it's one of my favorite productions that I've seen in recent memory. It was a fantastic uh, production. I'm so glad I got to see it. Definitely. I love that because uh, theater is like brand new to me. I've been getting to play mm-hmm. probably the first professional play I went to was like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been to four or five since then. And it just amazes me every single time to see people like act out a whole uh, like two hours in some cases. No flubs, no mistakes. Just bam. I got my lines. I got this choreography it's just i love theater so i'll take all the recommendations i can get i want to thank uh the tribes tony Hill for all of the work that you do and block club chicago's maxwell evans i'm so grateful that y'all continue to answer our calls and our emails uh to come stop by city cash chicago it means a lot to the entire team anytime i got the time i'm I'm here so thanks for the continued invites same here Before I let you go, I got to give a huge thank you to the people who make CityCast Chicago possible. That's lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Alisea, our newsletter editor Sydney Madden, the people who make the music we love, all the kimonos, Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop, and my boy Sam Thousand. Please head over to the Chicago Reader's Best of 2022 list and vote CityCast Chicago as the best podcast and the best newsletter. If you've already done it, then reach out to your five closest friends with the same link and tell them to vote. Now, if you've already told every single person you know, thank you. Like, seriously, thank you. It means the world to us. I'll be back in your feed on Monday. Hopefully you'll be there, too. Who's that on the birthday line? It's Tonya. It's Tonya. Antonio, what's your zodiac sign? Aquarius. Aquarius. And it's today <laughs> your birthday? Yes, it is. You know it is. How old, how old are you on this day? 32. 32. Go, Tonya. It's your birthday. Go, Tonya. It's your birthday. Where are you from? Southside. Where are you from? Outside. I can't do it quite the way they you used to do it. You took me back. I, I, I tried. I tried a little bit. I have bit. not heard the birthday line.